welcome to Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and emerging from the deepest winter into glorious springtime. I am Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. Next time you have a midlife crisis, bring your whole family with you. It'll be fun. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Today on the show, we're talking with Ricardo Brizito, Chief Technology Officer at Stake. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're excited. So, so just so that the listener knows, we have Rachel in the Pacific Northwest, Kendall in Southern Portugal, and Ricardo is actually my neighbor, but is dialing in from Dubai because that's the <laughs> fucking world that we live in right now. We are and, international, uh, baby. That's connecting right. Connecting so time zones. Connecting time zones and just just really thankful for fiber internet. So, Ricardo, back all the way up, and we want to know how did you end up CTO at stake, like? Begin from the very beginning. What got you into tech? How did you end where you are today? Okay, that's a very long story, so I'm not sure if you're <laughs> going to have time for all of that. But no, I literally <laughs> said before this fucking show, you have to tell me the whole story. Well, yeah, okay, it might be longer than an hour, no, but, no. but please stop. <laughs> no, look, uh, yeah, I can tell you. I, so I'm Portuguese. You know, Kendall, you are living in Portugal. Now you know about, a bit about my culture. I um, I basically studied computer science. That's where it started. I actually used to to go um, to go to go do like mornings in corporate world. So I used to actually wear a suit in the morning, Whoa. and uh, and that's how, how far away from like startups and yeah, it was it was rough times. And in the afternoon, I used to work for a web agency. That's how it started basically. And um, I basically, it was like the, the, how do you say, the chaos between two worlds, very different from each other. And um, this was like 2006, okay, so it was a long time ago. Um, 2005, actually, 2005. And um, I just hated it, the corporate world, as you can imagine. And I, <laughs> I, I wanted to do the web stuff and the cool stuff. And this was at the time that, um, however, at that time, Portugal had no, you know, early stage companies, uh, no tech yeah. leadership. That was a, a known thing, and um, but I was doing my thing, and uh, and very early I understood that I wanted to 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 basically do software engineer. That was the first thing on on digital products, mainly on web. And I decided to do it abroad, and um, and I went to London. It was like baptism of fire. I remember that. I had like this, I had this friend that had just moved to London and I visited him. He was an architect. He was my previous flatmate. And I just like, you know, I just, I just thought, "Mm, what if I, if I was to move here? And, you know, I had all these thoughts in my head. And basically I literally, it was super easy to get in. I did a Skype interview, like Skype existed at that time. Back in the day. Back in the day. And, um, and I just, just got like this offer to like this random company, uh, this, which actually turns out, turned out to be quite interesting. But I, I moved to London and as a software engineer. So that's the first thing I did. And, and this uh, is, wait, I, I want to back up. You, when you say you just wanted to move to London, this is the before times, like before Brexit. So, so your England is Europe, so you can just yeah. you can just go. This and is stay. that easy. It's that easy. Like I literally, oh, yeah, it was cool. It was so cool. much has been lost. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, it's whoo. Anyways, yeah. okay, so you just get on, you just get on a plane and go because Li- and then literally, you interview I, for a job. I literally, I mean, this was very early. I, I, I uh, this, uh, this is honest truth. I didn't even know how to really properly speak English okay <laughs> this is like this is how uh, yeah not articulated because you know you are living in your country you just learning English at school and you don't know you know you don't know how you don't have small talk you don't know how to express yourself properly so it was it was like kind of that phase of life so yeah I went, terrifying terrifying yeah it was like uh, <laughs> so I went there I, I I remember perfectly like uh, I guess now working in a startup is glamorous you get nice offices and all that i remember perfectly the first <laughs> the first day on this new job i, I was in a company called travel fusion um and uh, we, it was like just maybe 15 of us and what we used to do is um, that business uh, was the basically the, they had technology 
to scrape websites, worldwide websites, flight to for flight data. So this was the time where <laughs> there was no APIs, so they created an API that was based on scraping. And we, we used to sell basically data, flight data, to power guys like lastminute.com, like, you know, Momondo, like a lot of, I guess wow. it was <laughs> Kayak, that, as we know it today, was just getting started. So yeah, I had that, that role there. Um, and it was, I think, for, I found interesting. And basically, if I, for, 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 I guess, fast forward a bit, I, um, I, I moved on because, you know, I got the job mainly to move to London. And then I, I was trying to figure out what do I want to do when I was <laughs> in London. Skip over. Yeah, skip over. And this was an individual contributor job, right? You yeah, were, it was an individual contributor. I had, by the way, I had a great manager called Jess, Jesse. He was a New Zealand, a New Zealand guy. And he taught me a lot of, I guess, the principles that I use today in leadership. Uh, he taught me a lot. I, I had like, I was a junior guy, you know, I was like coding and I was super junior. I remember one time that I was building this feature and it just basically just, you know, bluntly said, okay, this is all like all wrong, like just start again. And I just had spent so much time. But, you know, I think, I think it, it's, it, it taught me how to think critically and taught me how, what's like, what are the quality st standards he lived by. Yeah, he taught me a lot of things, even with the short time we, we, we were together. I guess we were working together. But uh, nobody's but allowed to have a good first boss. That's against the rules. Yeah. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to no, be traumatized. I was relatively traumatized, but mainly with the organization and the company. It was very different. Anyway, the new country, new organization, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, moved, I moved jobs. And that was the first time when, on this new job. I went to a company called Marketeers for DC. It was, uh, anyway, Marketeers for, to make it short. And we used to do, basically, we used to actually have a TV studio uh, in our building. And uh, this was the time, again, pre-podcasts. And, and we used to do this, like, recordings, even, like, short podcasts, and actually TV broadcasts, like, web podcasts. It was, like, a small talk shows for, for, uh, for brands for about different topics. Anyway, I worked in the online team. And we had like all this kind of distribution websites and network that we, we used to broadcast. So I worked in basically live streaming at that time and video quite a lot. And I think that was the first time that I understood that I could do some kind of leadership role. Uh, it was organic. I never planned to manage teams. It was not, never on my plan. And what, what I ended up doing was basically um, uh, I was in a small team uh, and I ended up uh, just like, you know, taking leadership, taking more initiative. Okay, let's, you know, let's do, let's, let's have this kind of meeting. Motivated. Let's, yeah, motivated. So organizing for, in behalf of people. Uh, and um, I basically, I, I think it, it, ex, it, it gave me exposure to things that I didn't used to do. And, um, but it was never like, all this was never planned. I ended up basically getting promoted inside. And, you know, I started as like, you know, like I think it was at that time was like called uh, like software engineer. And then I was like head of like a department in what's called online product, online production, imagine. <laughs> and um, and uh, this was like, the, you know, we used to do quite nice things at, at that time, but it taught me, I, I had two learnings on that job that were very important to set the foundations for what I was doing next. One, I, I knew, I learned how to operate platforms at scale because we actually were doing live broadcasts for, um, for brands like McLaren. We were doing Formula One. Oh. We were doing yeah. like, uh, uh, at a, like uh, B British television has like this, like few channels that are very popular. We used to do uh, collaborations with channels. So uh, my first like experience with like, huge amount of traffic like talking about like now what i do that is b2c which is mass market product let's say um were uh, uh, a tv show we did like a web a webcast i don't know how to call it now um where there was a tv show in prime time in channel four and at the end of the show they said if you want to know more about this you know go to this website this and this and uh, see see what's going on like we have a we have a live interview with the host of the show 
and literally just like the world fell apart like at that moment because <laughs> uh, yeah kaboom and like we had we had paying customers and i remember that i was nearly as prepared it was like out of naivety it's a weird word for a portuguese um but uh, <laughs> it's a weird word for an english speaker it's a french word <laughs> yeah Keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was like I learned. I learned. Okay, shit. I I, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, I cannot just take things for granted. I need to learn how to scale platforms, and that that forced me to think about those things and to be interested in those things. And the second was like people and how you're gonna get, you know, how you gonna motivate people, how you gonna get people to be excited about something, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, I did that for a while. It was all a bit organic, like. I grew to a level of responsibility, which was not huge. It, it was a small company, uh, but it, it taught me how to organize basically technical teams. We had at that time um, like more a team oriented towards software development and another team more oriented towards infrastructure, which included the TV mm -hmm. broadcast and all that. Um, and then, you know, that company was technically an, an agency and I had worked in agencies before. And uh, I really was trying to discover what do I want to do? Like, really, like, what do I want to do? And what I really want to do, which is what I still do today, is basically building businesses. Basically, that's what I'm passionate about doing. That's what I feel I had to go through. Um, and uh, basically, uh, I, I, I got into, uh, into, I knew a bit about leadership. I knew a bit about how scale, Scaling, I was learning really fast, like different technologies, different get skill sets. And I met, I met basically uh, today w what is today a very big friend called Ben. And uh, basically they were building this uh, uh, platform for uh, basically beauty recommendations. Let's call it like that uh, in London. It, it was called She Said Beauty, had an amazing vibe when I met the two founders was a small office, like quirky, right in Soho in London. It was like really where I wanted to be. And I felt like really passionate about what, what we were trying to do. And, uh, and, it, and it was actually my opportunity to get my, I guess my first official like CTO position as a startup, which by the way, it sounds very glamorous, but it's like a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> because you end up so there's three companies and you're a CTO. Boom. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it was like it, it was it was like I, I felt like I was the lead developer technically. But, you know, mm -hmm. you need to you need to pitch, you know, you need to go back to VC. So that experience was yeah. very important, very foundational for me because uh, a few things have happened. First, I had to be the CTO and had to wear those shoes because, you know, we were trying to scale up the platform. It was like an e-commerce, social e-commerce play. It was so you're learning important. I'm learning. I'm, li like I'm literally, guys, guys, I'm like going to office at 7 a.m. I have this, <sighs> this, uh, and I literally I'm leaving at 8 p.m. That's kind of the non-glamorous startup life. I'm really working 13 hours a day to get stuff done. And oh, yeah. I'm trying to figure out things like that I don't know. Um, it was um, it was very funny because it was a female-dominated business, uh, as opposite to normally the environments you go in. So it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We had a lot. It was a really good vibe, really good environment, and uh, it was just a few of us. And we had a we had a, we had a talented team, so it was really good. But you know, I was going, I was I was like I was going to VC meetings, trying to pitch, we were trying to raise funds. And basically, just to be totally transparent, we had basically one million in initial funded. That's when we had one million pounds, and we were like burning through that money with no prospects about how we, I guess how to, how how you can actually make this a business, like you know, at that time without a net, without a net. So um, <clears throat> this is this. I mean, this is depends how deep you're gonna go. Basically, long long story short. Um, I mean, you, you guys are exposed to, I guess you guys are, I, I assume that uh, uh, both of you are American. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Kendall, you know, I know you are. Uh, in Europe, uh, I think we were trying to build a startup that was more like, we are, we are trying to see, okay, we have this many users, we are doing this, all these growth strategies to build this global brand. So we did succeed on that platform to grow 
to a huge audience. Basically, we had hundreds of thousands of visitors per month, but we, we, didn't, we didn't know how to monetize it. We didn't have a really big plan on that. So, so you had the tech side handled, yeah, but not the money not side. The, yeah. Not the money side. So we could, we could, the engagement, the product side was there, but we, we couldn't figure out how to make money. And uh, basically, we could not raise from European VCs because it's just, they didn't see the, the, the profitability mm -hmm. and the business or the path to profitability. Um, we did consider it very seriously, and, and uh, uh, one of the founders uh, went to US for a bit. We get some, we got some good feedback from, uh, like guys like Google Ventures that said, if you're in the US, you com you're completely investable, uh, because I think in the US you are going through that time where you know you need to grow your user base. Let's figure out how to make money later. And yeah. here you are more like in the sense, you know, almost like the, the wave of startups that you see today in Europe have not arrived yet in Europe. So this is around 2011, 2012. Okay, so, um, so about 10 years ago, it's a long time. And today, I mean, we are going through another cycle, I guess, but it was very different raising money today, even in raising well, money at that time. It's the, um, uh, like, like, you know, uh, a bar opens, 100,000 people visit the bar, nobody buys anything at the bar, Silicon yeah. Valley declares it a huge success versus, yes. like, mm -hmm. uh, Europe is like, no, the bar no. needs to make money. Yes. Uh, and which is, yeah. you know, maybe some sanity in the midst of that. But yeah. uh, anyway, and so... so It's like the opposite of, of things like public transportation, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. U.S., <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah hundred thousand people ride the subway, but nobody pays. Eh, the yeah. U.S. thinks, oh, that's a failure. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in the in Europe, oh, that's a great success. Services were rendered, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no, this, this personal is, soapbox. No, this is this is uh, this is this was the truth. So the the true reality is that business, we basically get to a point that we run out of money. Really, like we like mm -hmm. we yeah. we're living week by week, and I'm there, I'm looking at at the at the founders. And like, you know, I can see in his face, he's trying everything. And to a point, uh, I, I know I can say that, to a point that we get to a point that, you know, I guess the sea levels meet and say like, fuck, like we, we have no cash. Like we all need to go out and, and search for jobs. Mm -hmm. Literally had no money, but we made a decision at that point that said, okay, what if we continue the business? What if we continue to run the business? And, you know, we do it in our spare time, you know, we have no, we have no income, but, you know, who knows, this business can be, you know, we have 100,000, around 120,000 unique visitors per month. We have grew like this organic strategy that people can, you know, write the recommendations. We have like all these like feeds of products for women, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of working, but we don't know how to make money. We have no, we, we cannot fund ourselves. So yeah, we are in trouble, right? So we agreed. Uh, some of us started to put like out of our this out of our I guess income. We start paying AWS bills, all, the, all those sorts of things. <laughs> so yeah, so you start you start. I think at that time you start. How do your families feel about that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. Not it's, ideal. It's a bit weird because it's like how long you need to take to cut it off completely. So anyway, anyway, this 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 we we continue to operate the platform. I remember perfectly, we meet at these coffee shops every week and we said, what if we build this feature, what if we build this feature? But actually, because we all now have, we are trying to search for jobs, we just, we just don't, we just don't have the time, you know, to, to build the product. product. Yeah, we just, we just, it's and did you, you had people reporting to you at this point? Yeah, we had, I had. And the, so were they getting paid? No, no, they were not involved. Ah. They're not involved in the end. It was mainly like kind of okay. a bunch of like three or four guys that decided to keep it alive. And mm -hmm. I, I guess that offer was not totally extended to the other stuff because in the end, the stuff was like, in a way, you know, they just lost their jobs kind of technically. Right. Uh, so it's, it's a tough right. moment for, for everyone. But and I, I bet that was formative for you as a leader. Like, how yeah. did that go? Yeah, I think, I think it went, it, it, it was really tough for me. It was like almost like you, he, you hear and read these blog posts and hear people, but you say it never happens to you, like you never run out of mm -hmm. cash, you never get fired, but it does happen to you. And by the way, that was the only company that I've been involved that ran out of, technically ran out, ran out of money. Mm -hmm. And to the point it's that- It's not unusual though. It's not unusual, but y you know, y you might be fortunate or not fortunate to, to, to be in a company like that and you know, take some learnings. 
and of course you take you take learnings in hindsight you you made decisions you prioritize things that you shouldn't and and you know you 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 burn you know your burn rate is you need to control your burn like right? it's a key learning i have mm -hmm. today i'm very conservative on burning and how much people you need to hire not that we are hiring a lot of people but it's a learning like it, it gives you that that core core learning of okay yeah if in a survival mode situation what do i need to do now i know much right. more about that and i mean stake stake is we know we are funded but you know i'm raising capital at the moment and it is it is a harsh reality of that so anyway there's a lot of there's a lot of learnings there and it's a, well yeah it's, it's a, it's a great time because I'm, I'm excited because I'm just starting this startup world. But at, at some time I had like, I had a great time. I learned a lot, but I had the worst experience because the startup <laughs> did not go anywhere. Like, you know, it's for sure. Well, so, so and, I, and I'm the one who's like, no, 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 tell us every nitty gritty detail. And, yeah, and here yeah, we yeah. are 20 minutes in and uh, yeah, I, yeah. I still want to know how you got to stake. So you got you to speed up that little bit because yeah, we're going to hear about stake yeah. and ask you some other yeah. things. So, so uh, uh, I, I, I'll tell you like fast forward. So I've been, I've been in, in a few other startups. Short, long story short, that startup that was called She Said Beauty got acquired by another company, another beauty company in, in London. And and we get to a point that that we go okay look the reality is we have shares in this business there's someone interested in buying the business but they didn't yeah. want to buy the business Gosh. on its own they want to buy with me because they didn't want to manage that platform mm -hmm. so anyway i was dealt into this acquisition which is oh, a were you the only one i was the, the only i was the only one <laughs> but later down the line it was like this was like probably two years down the line so we are not talking about 2014 um, and, uh, and it was like, okay, we need to, we need to have some liquidity to our investors. At least we, we don't have a hundred percent loss. You know, would you feel comfortable going to this BCTO of this other company that is also a startup that is also a beauty startup. And that mm -hmm. company was uh, revenue generating, which made me comfortable and was um, not, uh, not super profitable, but there was a path to, to, to make it relatively big in UK. And I moved to that company as part of this deal. I felt, okay, I had so much emotional invested into this She Said Beauty business that I think my decision was very easy to make. Um, and, and, and get paid That's and nice, gets yeah. paid and, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and yeah, I think th th this is just to tell you. So that company in the end, uh, I, I felt really comfortable because it was a company of like the dimension that I'm used to, which are what, like 20 to 30 people. I could make a positive impact immediately. I had the role that I wanted. Um, and we were, we were, we were basically an eco, a beauty e-commerce player. Uh, and uh, with a few recommendations and things like that, it was like it was really a lot of fun. And in a way, I was, as you can see, I worked in this beauty kind of niche businesses. Um, yeah, I'm a little shocked you never mentioned it before because you know yeah, my yeah. interest in the beauty industry. Yeah. I would exactly. Think that I, you would I, I, be, I knew, uh, I knew, man. I knew. But to, you know, you know, it's, you know, uh, it's good. Man. It's like okay, you know, you know, like when when you have bad times, you forget. I don't know. We can discuss this later after the call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, remember so when I said place. beauty yeah, place. Beauty yeah. place. Um, uh, anyway, I had I had uh, you know I, I, at that time I, I was building my career in London. I was happy in London. There was an event. I, I go very short. There was an event in my life that was the 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 fact that my my first son uh, you know was was getting born soon. And uh, I was going to have like a family at that time. Yeah, responsibilities. And, uh, responsibilities. <laughs> and we got to, the, we, me and my wife, Inej, we got to this point that said, okay, I really want to do this like bigger roles and, and you know, I need to expose myself to this. Um, you know, you know I, I need to search for those roles. And I was looking for a bigger role because these companies were relatively small and I wanted to be mm -hmm. exposed to a bigger organization. So anyway, I, I, I I got poached by a guy called Christian. Uh, Christian, he was the CTO of Rocket Internet. And in, anyway, this is a bit uh, a long story again. But uh, <laughs> he, he, he spoke with me and said, like, you know, you know, uh, no, you know, what are you doing? We met like on a Saturday. It was super weird, like German culture. I don't know. We met on a Saturday, uh, and he's like, like, yeah, 
yeah, because, you know, you are Spanish, you know, we have this startup in Mexico. I was like, yeah, but, I mean, dude, I'm not Spanish, it's I'm not, Portuguese. Not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Portuguese. <laughs> I was like, Portugal, Portugal, huh? So he literally, like, we, we closed the conversation. It was like, he was, like, technically making me an interview. It was, like, very exploratory. I remember perfectly. My parents were visiting in London, and we were, like, I had Saturday booked, like, you know. They called me in, in Saturday at 3 p.m., it's like, hey, Ricardo, you need to come back to, like, to the, to the, to where we, they were doing this event. You need to come back because, you know, we need, we need, we need someone like you. We have, like, this company in Portugal and we need a Portuguese guy that understands Portuguese culture. I was like, okay, thanks for hiring me for my skill set. <laughs> so, so anyway, I went, end up speaking with this other person, which is the CEO of this company. Uh, which is a group. Anyway, long story short, uh, uh, at that time I, I went back. You home keep saying said, that. You keep saying. Yeah, that. I, I keep think, saying that. I don't, I don't think, think those words mean what you. Mean. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. no, okay. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. No, keep going. I, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Anyway, so uh, the the story is um, at that time there was an offer made by a company called Jumia. Basically, Jumia is today a public listed company. It's basically the Amazon for Africa. It's very unknown in the Western world, but it's very. Yeah. It's a very large company. Um, and they are listed in the public stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, sorry. And um, at that time, that product was born and built in Portugal, in Porto, in Porto. Yeah. And I moved to Porto thinking, okay, okay, this makes the whole sense. I moved to London because there were no, I guess, early stage startups. I've done a few roles. I can go back to a position that I feel I can, I, I, I want to do. And it's, a glow, it's like a, a product that is operating over in, in over 35 countries. It's a, a product in an emerging market, which also always fascinated me. Um, and I, I want to do it. So I moved back to Portugal. I, I did this role for one year. I basically, uh, <clears throat> I basically uh, got back to London because of the She Said Beauty deal. Anyway, there's a timeline event. Here. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so I went back to London because of the She Said Beauty deal. And then, you know, I kind of experienced a bit, tasted a bit what was in this kind of huge growth business. But because I have also emotionally attached and I guess time invested into this startup that could still go somewhere, um, I just decided that I wanted, to, I, I wanted to go back to London. And also the experience in Portugal was a bit different than expected. I mean, I'm Portuguese, right? So. I, but you're I, from a very sunny place that's warm all the time, and no, then you went to Porto, but, which is dark and cold. I, I, I don't know. No disrespect to the Portuguese culture, but it was just different. <laughs> I, I was just I was just used to other ways of working and other and other things, and and you know. I, what I, happened? I, you know, I had I had a good run there, um, but I, I felt I felt a bit out of out of place. Um, what was different? Um, mainly uh, culture. I know. I know. It sounds weird because I'm Portuguese. How come culture? <laughs> but I mean, you know, working work, working culture is different. Working culture is very different. In what uh, way? In, for example, Portuguese. Typically, Portuguese. And I can say this confidently because I worked with a lot of Portuguese. You are yes. I'm, You're allowed to uh, say this. <laughs> they, I, I, I'm. I, I have a certain mindset of you know. I'm very ambitious, for example, and I, I think. Um, when I, I, I did these plays, we were talking about, okay, let's be the like, you know, trip advisor for beauty. Let's be the no, no, no. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, there's something about when you are running a Portuguese team that, that has never been exposed to early stage, that you need to have that kind of education to them. You need to sell them the dream. You need to sell them something more. And that requires you doing things that you, perhaps you don't do it in a conventional way. You know, we all hear all the stories about um, you know, how to grow a startup, do things that don't scale and all that. And all those mindsets need, need to be carried over. And I think Portugal is, you know, has a few startups that are successful. And, I, you know, it's a small uh, mean, it's a small circle. Um, but I don't think you can compare the speed of networking culture with a place like maybe in Europe, London, Berlin, maybe. I'm not trying to characterize, but I think there is a characteristic here. That is, Portugal today can be much more comparable to that, but at that time, could, could, it was not. So you're and saying uh, people uh, in general were less uh, aggressive in their yeah, work life? Yeah, aggressive, committed, yeah. It's not, it's not uh -huh. only, I'm not saying to people, I think I'm talking more about efficiency. 
for example, if you work in Portugal, you typically work very long hours, you have low, very low productivity. Um, not saying gen generically speaking again for whoever is listening that is right. I get is it. Portuguese, I get it. But, but this was your experience. But th that was my experience at that time. I, I took I took a lot of learnings. I took the learnings of, and we ha we had a clash of cultures. Like we are at Rocket Internet, which is a German company, and you are you are still building out of like probably cheaper resources. You'll be you'll be in talent. I think talent. You have a huge pool of talent in Portugal that is that, that, that I, I think it's amazing for the education we have. We have good education, good engineering education. We do quite well out there when we have like people that go abroad, they do very well. And um, I guess, the, uh, the, let's say the first generation of startup people have not returned back to the country. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna be one of those guys that returns back and, and gives back and, and, mm -hmm. and does that. But yeah, at that time, you know, I think I was adapting and I think I felt a, a bigger pull to go back to London, I'll, I'll be honest. And I, I, I did recognize that in hindsight, if I had stayed, you know, I could have had, uh, I think that, that, that was very sh shaping for me because I could have been part of a much bigger organization, which they are today, which has huge amount of operations, a huge, uh, a huge product line. And, you know, I, I guess I passed that opportunity and it was my decision, you know, to pass that opportunity. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, anyway, I went back to London. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to do, I, I, uh, just to get you very quickly to steak, uh, Kendall. Uh, <laughs> I, went, I went for a, a coffee with, uh, with a friend, which was actually the CEO of She Said Beauty, and we turned up to be friends at that time. And he, he said, look, I, I'm, I'm in this company now called Cedars, and uh, and um, they are fintech. Yeah, I know Cedars. I know Cedars because actually, they have a Portuguese co-founder. So I actually know. I know. I know. The, I know the co-founder because he studied in the same university as me, and I know them because I, I, I came across as as a consumer of them. And uh, what is Cedars? Is Cedars is uh, basically um, uh, equity. It's the first equity crowdfunding play in the world uh, that is regulated. So we basically on Cedars you could invest in any growth company that uh, in Europe basically that's that was the play and the, uh, the my friend was the CMO of Cedars okay so we go for this walk and they said like you know it's a shit show there it's like the, all these things are happening I was like sounds yeah, great sounds like startup <laughs> and he tells me you know we really need a, we really need a CTO I was like I was listening like I was like yeah yeah what what's happening oh we have a guy there but you know, he grew the product, but he not, does not know how to grow the team. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and you know, we are thinking about bringing someone from the Valley, like someone with the experience, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be really cool. Like uh, imagine bringing someone that has a lot of experience can shape the company and all that. And uh, they go on on this search and we don't talk ever again. Uh, we don't talk because we only call up once in a while. We have kids about the same age um, and uh, he calls me like in after three months he calls me and he said hey dude man honest like you know like this conversation we had on the other day man i've been thinking and i think you'd be great for this role uh at cedars i was like really like are you not like thinking for like this big whale that has lots of experience like probably uh someone that has much more experience than me to run to run the, the tech there over there and all that and i was like yeah but Man, just come for a chat and then you'll see. So anyway, my first interview was like, like there was a, there was a suspicion <laughs> that there was like, there was some secret between me and this like me being recommended because all of a sudden Ben uh, recommended me after they went on this search for like three or four months. Like an executive so, search. Yeah, executive search. So, so the chairman of the company at that time, the CEO said, wait a moment, how come you only recommend Ricardo now? Is that something wrong with Ricardo? Is that something that I should know? I was like, no, nothing wrong. But if you had confidence on him, why didn't you recommend him before? So, you know, you go through like these situations of oh, interviews. It just like sounds fishy. But, you know, I do the interviews like I'm, I, I'm only expecting like, man, I'm not the right role. I never did FinTech. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I've been doing e-commerce and basically Jumia, I was like in the travel division. So I'm basically flight search and hotel bookings and e-commerce. I, I, ne I will never have the capacity to go to this fintech. 
Um, anyway, I go uh, week after week, you know, I go to these rounds of interviews, like executive search. And at the end, at the end, basically they offer me the, they offer me the job. And for me, what's like the biggest was when I, I felt like I was more ready to be, to be CTO, to be honest. I felt I, felt I had the experience, some experience behind me. I felt I had, to be honest, flip-flop between roles a, a couple of times. And I really felt that I was committed at that time to, to I was committed to the, let's say, the, to the cause, and I was committed to the company. So I, I, did, I did a lot of things there, basically. I grew the company to, to, be, to be basically exi like an exitable company. We could exit the company to be a, a company. So I joined uh, right after Series A, so I was, I was the second CTO for the business. And my, my, my role was really to grow, to grow the business like as an executive, not so much building the first product, um, but you know, taking that product to a growth stage. And funny enough, so they you moved from being a, a technical leader more to a being a, yeah. a people leader more. Yeah, exactly. And did that happen at that company or before that? I think, think? I think mainly, you know, mainly on the on the previous roles, I must say that I was mainly doing individual contributions here and there. And at that time, I felt okay. There is there are politics. There are things that we need to figure out. <laughs> That's a thing that exists. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are things that you need to figure out. There are things that you don't know. Like you are building a business that no one else has built before. How the hell do you do that? It's a regulated business, okay? In in by mm -hmm. the FCA in UK, we, a lot of guardrails. There, there, yeah. there is a lot of guardrails. There, there's a sense of responsibility. I remember perfectly on my first week, I was just taking the tube, the metro, you know, the tube in London. And, you know, you just see these huge billboards all over the, the tube talk, that are Cedar's billboards. And all of a sudden you have that moment of realization, oh shit, like, I'm the CTO for Cedar's. I have, yeah, you know, we transact, People's money. Yeah. We transact <laughs> millions of, of pounds here. So for me, the game just had to change internally. I just, my, my, my role, the, the things that I do on the daily basis, it completely have changed. And I think that shaped a lot. You know, you are not a different person, but you are at the same time because I felt really challenged and I felt that I really grew a lot at that time. And the, grow, the growth was very, very rapidly, rapid into, into what the business required me to do. Mm -hmm. So it was... And they kept you around. And they kept me around. And, and, and I think I, I, I built trust within the executive yeah. team. We, at that time, you know, we brought some senior executives. We are talking about people that my, my boss was an ex-Microsoft. He lived in Seattle before. He, he had done an exit to Microsoft. So he was a successful, let's say, startup guy uh, yeah. that had exited to Microsoft. He was in the corporate Microsoft ladder for a while. He, he actually exited two other businesses, the one, one mm -hmm. that is not so much tech related. Uh, so I, I had like, I felt like em empowered and I felt it was a huge learning for me. And we fast forward that and the, the business is in, is in a position to be acquired, basically. Um, <clears throat> we went through, I mean, I can tell you, we went through a few, it's public information, we went through a few nuances. We, we, were, to, we were to merge with a big player in, in the UK doing the same, it was our competitor called Crowdcube. Mm -hmm. uh, together, together we had a huge um, slice of the market of private equity. If you think about private equity in that realm, we have VCs, family offices, angels, platforms like uh, Crowdcube and Cedars uh, were taking a big slice of the market. And it, it, you know, we were to become the player in Europe for, equity, for private equity. Point, like dotted like point uh, yeah. the, the but that didn't happen that didn't happen because of the the comp, comp, uh, the regulation about competition oh, uh -huh. so they blocked right, the right. merger so uh, this is this is a huge blow for us because you know it's it's tough times to raise capital the company is pioneer we are talking about the companies like eight years into their existence so it's not easy to Continue. We need to yeah, find. Yeah. We need to find a way. At that point, if you uh, hadn't made it by then, you yeah, were probably you, not going yeah. to. Yeah. So anyway, so at that time, uh, at now that it's time, a lot slower. Yeah. At that time, we had to. After that blow, we had to look for options. We started to talk with Republic, which is a U.S. player, as you know. Uh, like it's it's getting bigger. I I, I think. 
it's uh, it's it's uh, as per last round it's, it's a relatively large company it's about a billion a billion a billion dollar company um, and uh, basically I, I I exited the business to Republic at that time it is, was 2021 very recent I am um, <clears throat> I, I I had this big debate in my career that is do I want to continue now at Republic and you know kind of continue doing what I'm doing after uh, basically getting acquired or do, do I miss do I miss building something that I, I call do my I own the startup world yeah do I miss because I felt it was getting too more into a corporate and I did mm -hmm. me I did miss it a lot and this is why I say like I, I I'm specialized in startups because I do feel I have a I have an entry point on a startup that I feel that I know what I need to do and maybe maybe this is like uh, how do you say imposter syndrome <laughs> or maybe it's not maybe that's what I enjoy um, but uh, maybe, both. maybe both but one thing that I learned during series is that I, I actually I, I, I'm a computer science guy but actually I love product basically that's what I learned and I think when I cross the, the two skill sets that I have which is product and tech or product and engineering it's where I feel really empowered and that's what I'm doing at Stake, and I'm absolutely well, loving it. Anyway, and that's, so that's you went so, from there to Stake right away. Yeah. Okay. And and were you a founder at Stake? Uh, I so I, I, I we had this conversation. Again. The company was six months in. They they basically made the wrong choice uh, on on when they initially hired the first team, and I came as let's say call it the late co-founder. So I'm a co-founder of the business. I came a bit later. Um, but I really feel like a co-founder in terms of decision-making, empowerment, and all yeah. of that. Um, well, and, and the and company, like, I'm going to say to you what I think it does, yeah, and you uh, correct me, but yeah. the, you're basically the only person outside of Dubai, right? And uh, Or maybe you have developers in lots no, of places, we, we, but we then... Have, we, have, we are distributed, my team is distributed, yes. Okay, so you're distributed, but you live in Portugal, the, the other founders are in Dubai, and the yeah. company allows people to invest uh, small amounts or big amounts into the real estate property in the uh, real estate in market the, in the Middle in East. The Middle East, yes. Uh, we, are the, we are the largest. We are the largest uh, uh, play, player in the Middle East in what we do. It's very early in the industry, but there's a huge affinity to me, to real estate in the Middle East, and there's a reason why it's Middle East, not not where else. There's a huge. Okay. We are we are talking about a wave of of innovation that skipped a few, a few, let's say, um, generations of innovation. I think in UK we went from like, you know, you have mobile phones and you have websites and you, knew, you start having apps and, and you have fintech, like for example in London, that's reality. Here's like, you have nothing and all of a sudden you have all the models that exist in the US in one go. And that's yeah. extremely exciting. And it, that's it, a wild ride. <laughs> it's a wild ride. And, uh, and, uh, and we have, we have you know, I think when I joined, just like, you know, you just focus in building like the product, like really like, you, you don't focus so much in tech, but you focus in building a product, you focus in yeah. building a company. I was, I was discussing this this morning. When I arrived to the office, we were, we fit in, a, an, a, we fit in an island of desks. We are about eight people and now we are 50 people. And we, I remember us looking at Salesforce and having like 20 leads Yep. Uh, and and uh, today we have like uh, in the last 48 hours we have the best 48 hours in the in in history because we just launched yeah. it. and you know going through that going if you look at my career as a leader in technology I always came to fix stuff like I always thought oh, I'm the second guy that comes and fixes and the, the 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 moment that I'm living at the moment it's so rewarding personally uh, uh, ignoring to be like the, the guy th that builds the thing instead the, the, of fixing yeah. the thing. I'm not yeah, I see you're tearing up. Like we don't show the yeah, video I'm, as part I'm of not, this. I'm not, yeah, I'm not the talker anymore. We are actually doing things. We are making things happen. And that's re extremely re rewarding. And I, I feel like I, I feel like we have built a great team. We have a team of about 20 people that have a product in tech. It's a small team, but we are moving like honestly we are getting feedback from users that like how are you moving so fast and re and I, I call it technical principles i have a few technical principles that i can speak and maybe let's just hear them yeah uh, i um 
I basically, I wrote these principles and I, I kind of, I always have this slide and I go, I go around with this slide with new channels. You gotta channels repeat and all yourself. That. That's yeah. what a thing in leadership, you have yeah, to repeat yeah. yourself. Yeah, you need to repeat yourself. Uh, so it's like, it's like all these things about like learnings that I had over the time. And I, it's like, it's like short sentences, but it's like um, data, data, I, I used to sign like data is better than ego, but ego is better than nothing. Because it's like, I have, <laughs> it's like, there's, I, I, there's some truth there. Because, because yeah. I, I, lived in, I lived in situations that people are arguing, oh, we don't have the data to make the decision. And, and I, as soon as I say, let's just change the thing and see what happens. Like, we have the data. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, so it's like that, that, that pragmatism. I, I always say, like, you know, I, I don't want to have, like, uh, need, like, you know, that, oh, we need to have ninjas and all that. I, like, I build strong teams. I build people that are accountable. I, I believe a lot in iteration to the endless degree. Like iteration for me means practicing iteration, means, you know, in, in my team, we deliver a piece of software every single day. We need to deliver that. For example, our app this year had over 40 iterations this year. That's yeah. crazy. It's like we, we sometimes release two versions of the app in the same week. It's just, it's just a, a constant iteration. It's about managing risk in the end. And it's about us being very open and honest about what we do. So, and you know, and then, and then you know, as a technology guy, I feel really that sometimes there are people that are not, are not coming along with me and I feel comfortable with that. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, people, sometimes when I interview or uh, people are saying, but what are we using? Are we using microservices? Are we using this and that? And because we are, might not be using the latest tech, I'm, I feel comfortable with that. Like, oh, we are not using microservices? You build a startup, you're not using microservices? And I was like, yeah, it's okay, because actually what you want to achieve in the next two years, it's totally fine and much more easier if you don't do that approach, maybe. Like, I'm just giving a, a stupid example. Mm -hmm. But I take this to the endless degree where I'm, I'm like, I just went on a call and I say, do we do? Do we need that the pragmatism to the latest thing, and like focus and prioritization to the latest degree? And that, to be honest, the result is people feel people feel uh, that that focus and that focus on delivery, perhaps, and focus on the learning cycle. This is what I've learned a lot on the career, and I'm practicing, and that's that that is really yeah. empowering to the team. It's really it's really motivating to the team. Pragmatism over ego. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> over the so, shiny well, tech. Yeah. Well, so so okay, we're 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 coming up on time in just a yeah. few minutes here, yeah. Ricardo, and I want to yeah, make sure we end on time for a couple of reasons. Yeah. But so 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 pivot for a second. This is yeah. This is great. I mean, we did spend a long time in your yeah. career, but it was a it was good concrete examples and and what happened next and why you iterated and what was different about it, which I appreciate. Talk about, I mean, you've, you've shared a lot about your career, your, how, yeah. how your career has moved you from Portugal to mm. London, back yeah. to Portugal, back yeah. to London. Now you're back in Portugal working for yeah. a company based out of Dubai. I mean, this is yes. like fascinating. Outside of work, what keeps you busy? Talk about your hobbies. Talk about your personal life. So, uh, because you have a complicated everything in life. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very shortly. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And, and, you know, imposter syndrome at heart as well. And you, you, you feel that you are not capable and you are capable and you can do better and you don't take enough credit. And, and I'm the guy that like, not saying that I feel, I feel humble in this role. And, 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 uh, and I have people coming to me and say, why are you not shouting that we, we've done that thing? You, and you're responsible for it. I'm like the quiet guy in the room. And I, I feel like, I feel that that is something for, that I enjoy but it's not something that I shout about. Um, when, I, when, I, when I went back to Portugal, you know, me and my wife started this, she started this crazy idea, which was baking from home. Uh, we, opened, we ended up opening the first sourdough bakery in Lagos, the Ooh. town that Kendall lives. Um, it's, All uh, of our bread. I'm having, yeah. I'm having bread from that bakery for yeah. dinner tonight. Yeah. So, so I, 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 as a supportive husband, and I guess as an entrepreneur, I, I'm all in, basically. I'm all in, and that means I'm there, like on Saturdays, answering, serving baking customers. Baking the bread. No, serving customers, not so much baking, but serving customers. I know what we need to do next. You know, I have, I, I'm passionate about it in a way. Too. But again, that passion comes not so much from the. Is it the bakery? Yeah, I love that Ines is doing that. My wife, 
but it's like I'm building something that I feel that it's mine and it's 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 entrepreneurial, you know, and it's mm -hmm. going well. And I do have an opinion. My hobbies: <laughs> I I play tennis. I have two kids. I Kendall got me to paddle, ruining my tennis, which is another thing. Uh, I, paddle is a it's P A D E L. It's an yeah, Iberian yeah, sport, Iber largely. If like, you've never if you've never uh, heard of it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I spend my time doing these things. I I mean I, I think the because I'm a co-founder, I you know I, I tend to discipline myself to when to work, when to not work. But I, I would say I'm very passionate about what I'm doing at the moment. And I'm putting maybe extra effort uh, into it. And that means doing the non-glamorous things about building a business. So I don't I feel... I have a question about I don't your feel, business. I don't, I don't feel it's a, it's a city role. I feel it's something else, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you about... So, you you know, when you're, when you're working at your tech companies, you're the boss. That's how it works. You know, you, you, you negotiate with... Uh, your executive team, perhaps, but mm -hmm. when you you know you're working with your employees, you're in charge, and that's a well understood role. You're in a business with your wife. How does the leadership work there? Do you disagree, and how do you manage it if you disagree? My my wife is is extremely humble to know that she doesn't come from a leadership background. And by the way, we, this this conversations honestly are live. I like I just I just had conversations with her, and she's now managing a team of six people. Mm -hmm. Which is sizable because she did not manage anyone. So she's also yeah, in leadership. Step up. She's also in leadership. And uh, we discuss tips uh, that do not apply only for tech, but apply for leadership in general. And um, I, I tend to not have an active role because I feel that's her role to have, if that makes sense. So I'm, mm -hmm. ha I'm, I'm more there to be her mentor, perhaps, and maybe the person that challenges her in that leadership role in how to make that business better so but i think uh, the way i see it is i'm more a mentor than a leader there <laughs> although that the business is let's say co-owned by us uh, yeah I, have you I, had a disagreement where she was like no i'm not totally, taking your advice of course, of course totally so, okay so many, so many like from and you're still married so great no 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to, to be honest to be honest it was a big proof to our i guess to our relationship I going bet. Going through that, by the way, my, my wife, she's, she's a biotechnical engineer be, that became uh -huh. a nurse, that became a baker. So she oh, also wow. went through this, this very, very interesting like, path. But I, I feel yeah. it, it was a big transition for her. But I think she found something that she's truly passionate about. And to be honest, I'm also truly passionate about building the business alongside her. So yeah, it's yeah. extremely re rewarding, I would say. That well, awesome. yeah. there are a million more things that I want to ask yeah, you about, sorry, but I, sorry, need to, I need to be conscious of your time. So, so we're going to wrap up so that we can upload this before you got to go. But thank you so much for being here, Ricardo. And uh, we're going to call it quits here. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. And uh, good